Hey everyone, just a quick message before the episode. Myself and the team are really excited to announce the launch of our Patreon page, which can be found at patreon.com slash gtmp. You'll also find a link on our Twitter account and website if you want to go there to make your way to Patreon. The support we've had as a podcast has been absolutely amazing, and we hope that by launching this Patreon page, we'll be able to improve the entertainment we supply to you all even further. There are a few different tiers available right now, so you can join our ranks as a rat runner, pledge yourself to unholy entities as a cultist, or open your mind to the dark secrets of the universe as one of the illuminated. So check it out and donate if you feel like it. Just to be clear though, the show isn't going anywhere. It'll still be free and available to listen to on all your usual podcast providers. So sit back and enjoy episode 83. Hello and welcome everyone to Gumpowder Treason No Plot. I am your DM and host, as always, Adam Cookson, and I am joined by my three co-hosts, Matt Dennis, Flo Dennis, and James Bunkle. Hello. Hello, everyone. Mm. You got a response out of me this time. Yeah, I can never <laughs> get Matt to say hello first or last, and it just depends on what I do. <laughs> <laughs> or don't do. Yeah, exactly. See, as your DM, always thinking. They will be doing their usual and reprising their roles as Tommy Hawkins, our gunslinger rogue, Sophia Landrin, our fighter cleric, and Rogar McLeod as our paladin sorcerer. And last week was a, a slightly less tense episode, I want to say. It was chilly. Yeah, you could <laughs> say that. I mean, it was, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was quite nice to like talk for a bit and not be in imminent death situation. <laughs> so, you know... Refreshing. Running from one near-death experience to the next. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Quite nice, really. Yeah. And Rogar got to be sneaky-sneaky without having to like do uh, disadvantage checks. That's true. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you sneaky-sneaky son of a bitch. For sneaky, once in his life. In. See you later, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, well, I guess we should talk about exactly what went down. So the party had a bit of a chat with a man named Kalen, who worked for a mercenary company known as the Gold Seal. And he kind of spilled the beans a little bit on what the firm, uh, well, were doing there, which was specifically coming to collect Valmin and make sure they got him alive. Tommy was a little bit reassured by these things, and Kalen kind of, you know, let's slip that maybe the, he knows where the firm maybe hang out, or at least where they dock one of their airships, is a place called Aran Kashur, a city quite far away, but one that Tommy had heard the name of before, in relation to his currently missing father. Indeed, yeah. So, somewhere that we may perhaps be visiting at some point. Hmm. So in the seeds. And, uh, well, what else did we do? We had a, a nice little, um, hunt to see what had gone on with uh, Cobblestone when you guys got back to the city. Turns out the Rat Runners had some booby traps placed outside of their base, and you guys had narrowly avoided that by working out the clues that Lorik had left for you in his little uh, giddy chase around the city. Um, you went shopping, bought some new things, some new arrows. Um, Rogar was giving out gifts. Very nice of him. Unusually nice. Mm. Mm. And uh, Rogar read a book, as he oh, is one bad. to do. <laughs> yeah, why are all books bad? What are you saying about literary? 
um, pursuits cooks in here. <laughs> <laughs> All books corrupt, and some corrupt more than others. Uh, I never really thought about the subtle undertones. I, I mean, you're, you're just promoting podcasts <laughs> subconsciously. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> listen. Exactly. Clearly, audiobooks are the way to go in absolutely all formats. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> Remember to leave a review on iTunes and uh, tell us how great we are on Twitter. <laughs> you should have started that with, uh, what's up, you guys? It's your boy back again. But yeah, missed opportunities. Uh, I'll never live it down. <laughs> uh, and uh, what else did we do? Well, Rogar wanted to... Uh, maybe put out a contract towards finding the body of a somewhat infamous and legendary figure known as the Hell Knight Karnak. Rogar had heard about this uh, this once paladin-turned-demonic monster, or I should probably say devilish monster, being that he's from the Nine Hells in some capacity, uh, through his sword Eclipse, who used to be wielded by him a few uh, hundred years back. He sought out Kaelin and the still-alive mage Ellis, who had not entirely forgiven Rogar for trying to kill him. Mm. And uh, they had a bit of a chat about just how much money Rogar would have to lay down to uh, either find this body or find the body and have it brought to him. Which you're mulling over as a, oh, how much do I really want to spend on that? So they gave you a sending scroll and said, hey, when you're ready to make a deal, get in touch, send us some coin. Subcontracting yeah. his quests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an expensive contract to be fair so that that's kind of why i'm a bit you know on edge about this <laughs> who knows what horrors and uh treasures the tomb of karnak holds well exactly you know they might get some cool shit out of it and then not give it me well i have to see what the terms of the contract are <laughs> i don't see you persuading sophia and tommy to go with you yeah, you might persuade tommy yeah exactly yeah. And I don't really need to persuade either of you. I'm starting a cult. No, oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> Very you? true. We don't know that. But you guys don't know that in-game. No. Nope. Rogar <laughs> disappears for several months. <laughs> so you started a cult. <laughs> uh, well, what else did we have? Oh, yes, we had one important fact. Our uh, little half-elf sorcerer left the party. No. Indeed. Please rewrite all your encounters for three people. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be too much work. You guys just have to play better. Hey, or get just... some loaded dice. Yeah. Yep. Like... <laughs> <laughs> write, write some macros for all twenty. Uh, yes, yeah, Solara voiced some concerns about what Rogar had been up to and his uh, actions upon recent return, and said a bit of a uh, tearful farewell to the party, saying that she was going to disappear this very morning with uh, Archpriestess Lauren of the Temple of Mistra to go investigate just what's been going on with the Plane of Fire and maybe the other planes. Is some sort of monumental, multidimensional rift? Mass destruction happening. Who knows? I, I shouldn't. I should have insight checked her because she might just be like loving up with Lauren now. <laughs> yeah, it was all an elaborate ruse. It is Santa Ruse. Sophia is now getting paranoid. <laughs> Rogar's oh. rubbing off. <laughs> is he in the other? <laughs> Hopefully not in front of us. <laughs> no, Rogar had. Um... Rogar had no time to rub off because he wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> and he got a nice little dream to send him off to uh, 
the next dawn. Oh, he did. Didn't he? Yes, yes. Yeah, you got a uh, a brief dance in O Dim Carcosa. You got to see a little bit of some sort of I don't know vision prophecy. Yep. We don't know, but it all came to a rather abrupt end as someone came to pay you a visit. Yep. Nightmare man. Nightmare man. <laughs> as he will now be known until we find out his name. Indeed. Nightmare man. Hmm. And our nightmare man, well, seems he's paying attention to you. But then you woke up before anything uh, worse could happen, shall we say. Worse? Better? Who knows? Who knows? I know. Because <laughs> I always know. Because I write this shit. <laughs> <laughs> what I don't know is what you people are going to do when I present you with options. <laughs> How we love to surprise you. You do, you do. And I guess, well, we should just jump into things. So, yeah, Rogar, you wake up in a bit of a cold sweat, but it is morning. And Rogar, do me a perception check. As I'm going to say, thanks to your little nightmare, you're probably the first to wake up because it's, you know, pretty early morning. Uh, perception. Tommy's own little bit of insomnia will be keeping him awake at the moment as well. And, uh... Sophia, as you're also waking up in a little while, do me a perception check as well. Would I get advantage? Uh, this is to listen. Listen, so... No. Silence, smell. I rolled I an 11. I have advantage. Uh, yeah, your advantage, because you're actually trying to spot something. So uh, do me a perception check with advantage, Sophia. 22! 22. Uh, Rogar, you don't make out anything um, detailed, but you do hear... Sounds of commotion outside. More than you'd expect this early in the morning. Not necessarily like right outside your house. It's too um, faint. You're assuming maybe down the street, maybe in multiple directions. But with an 11, it's uh, a little hazy. It's early. You're a little bit uh, worried about the dream you just had. And every time you close your eyes, you see a, a lipless smile staring mm. back at you right now. So you, you're not in the best uh, state of mind. No. Um, Sophia, with a 22... You wake up, you know, start doing your usual routine, and as you look towards the door, you watch as a green and yellow snake starts to wriggle underneath your door. Shit, 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 shit. <sighs> and I okay. jump out of my bed and scream. <laughs> okay, um, I'll say, because everyone will be getting up around now, so everyone you hear, Sophia, scream. <laughs> Do I have my pants on? <laughs> I, that eternally, Tommy, is up to you. Uh, I'm gonna say yes. I was, I was sorry. I had a chance to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna say yes because my my dreams are keeping me awake, and yeah. So I'm 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 probably not fully equipped, but I've got guns in my hand. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> fuck off. Um, which, which I just, I just want to um, to point out because I haven't said specifically on pod. Uh, my, I spent the spent some of the time yesterday evening repairing both my guns and R four. Okay, yeah. So R four, where are you? What was that, uh, Rogo? You changing your spells up? Yes, yeah. Okay. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm restocking fine steed. Cool. So you, uh, Dwayne, may one day return to us. Yes. And Sophia, you've you've said your prayer, have you? Well, no, I've just fucking woken up, haven't I? I, was say, I won't have said mine if I'm just waking up and hearing a scream. Okay. 
Uh, well, but but I have repaired my guns and I have guns All in right, hand. All right, Tommy, you've got your guns. I do have my guns. Yeah, that's fine. You would have done that last night. You guys had yeah. hours to uh, prep and relax and drink and all the rest of it. So guns in hand and R4 in tow, I come to find out what the fuck Sophia is screaming about. I will stroll out nonchalantly. Nope, I'm <laughs> going to be screaming snake! Oh, shit. You burst into the room, Tommy? <laughs> yeah. Is, is that right. your response? Oh, yeah. shit. Oh, shit, it is a snake. <laughs> um, I say it's about a foot long, thin little snake, and it's just making its way towards the underneath of the bed at the moment. Get it out, get it out, get it out. Stamp on it. What? All right, hang on. Um, can, I, can I kind of use my... Uh, I've, I've got one of my blades on. Can I use my blade to kind of just try and scoop it back out of the room? Maybe out the window? Um, R four do it. R four, yeah, R four can pick it up and just yeet it out the window. <laughs> Shush it along. Yeah, I mean, R four can stomp his way upstairs and uh, come into the room. Cut off its head. By Jove, what is going on here? Kill it, kill it. Just chuck the snake out the window. No, kill it. If we, for some reason, I don't know why, but I don't feel like killing it just yet till we know what it is. I don't give a shit. Kill it. Surely, if you, if, if you want to find out what it is, surely... No, um, no, no. I woke up very from a deep sleep and found a fucking snake coming out <laughs> through my door. I would fucking go livid and try and bash the shit out of it. You were standing on your bed at the moment, screaming. Yeah, but since no one else is helping me, I'm going Arthur, to try and kill Arthur's it. helping you. Arthur's on his way to go and <laughs> scoop it up. I'm trying to just... explain that if you want to know what it is, it's best not to kill it. <laughs> yeah, like like that's ever happened before. We we've always wanted to know what shit is, and then we've ended up killing it anyway. <laughs> Just cutting out the middleman. I mean, you've got you've, you've got a point. But... <laughs> I'm not wrong. I mean, the rest of rest of us are fairly calm at this point, so may, maybe there's a this is a chance to actually not kill something straight away. Was it Especially... trying to gain interest? <laughs> well. I, I have a feeling that this is all your fault outside of the pod. Oh, cheers. Seeing as right. Rogar, Rogar was the one who returned with a snake attached to his arm, which slithered off at some point. So, what do I have to roll to try and kill it before R4 gets to it? What do you want to try kill it with? Are you just grabbing your sword and trying to stab it? Because I assume you sleep relatively close to your weaponry. Yes, yes. All right, uh, we'll just do initiative between the two of you. So, uh... Ooh. Can uh, I can roll a d20 I... in edge initiative, and I'll oh. roll R4. It won't let me click. That's uh, okay, just roll a d20. Okay. I get advantage. Uh, yeah, R4 has plus one initiative, so <laughs> he's got a three. Cool. <laughs> 18! <laughs> okay, looks like you're going to kill it. Yeah, so R4 is walking into the room like he's holding his spear out, and he's going to try lift the snake up. And Sophia, what do you do before he gets anywhere near it? <laughs> I try and stab this fucking snake. Okay, take a swing at it with your sword. It's your turn. Twelve and nine. A twelve would actually be a miss. <laughs> Jesus. Unless you want to add the superiority dice to it and start Can the I game. just take my second swing? Yeah, you can take your second swing. Come on! <laughs> so the first one, you kind of panic and like slash at your own floorboards as it wriggles out the way. But the, uh, the second one with a 24, you cut that snake clean in half. Booyah! That's what I do to snakes that crawl into my bedroom. As you do, like the two 
parts of the snake kind of thrash around for a moment and then cease. And you watch as the blood trickling from the snake seems to come together a little bit and it's where it almost makes like a half crescent shape but then just stains the floor. Is it together I feel again? like that was a bad idea. Nope, yeah, snake is in two pieces. Okay. I know it was probably a bad idea but I was in character. Yeah. Fair Can't enough. Can't say that I wasn't. Fair enough. I was, uh, I was just feeling fairly calm in comparison. Largely <laughs> because it was only a very small snake. Yeah. Oi! Oi! <laughs> Any snake is a bad snake. And I would say, uh, Rogo, you don't need to roll because you've seen this symbol a hell of a lot. Uh, good. Is, is it um, upside down to me, or is the crescent? Is it like a smiley face? Uh, it's set a slightly jaunty angle to you. Okay. Did it just move into that position? Why would it move? Well, anyway, scoop it up, R four, please, 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 please. Certainly, Martin. And he kind of walks over and picks up the two pieces and throws them out the window. <sighs> Alright, everyone can fuck off now. I'm good. R- Rogar's already turned and started leaving way before this. Can I Can I take a, a perception check to see if I can hear this screaming that Rogar heard outside? Not that he's told me about it, but whether I just, I'm just near the window or something. I'd say, it. with your passive perception of being awake, uh, it's not screaming, you can just hear like loud speaking, like you can't really make out details from the distance you are, but there's some commotions going on in the streets. What's going on out there? Jeez, I thought this was supposed to be a quiet neighbourhood. I'm going to peek out of Sophia's window and see what I can see. Sure. You uh, stick your head now, and um, probably a good, like, 100 feet, maybe a bit further down the road, you see there's a man stood on, like, a crate, and he is just, like, shouting out to a few people who've crowded around him. Not too many, because the guy's wearing... He's wearing a robe, but it's quite, like, disheveled, even from this distance. You can tell he looks very sort of scruffy, like his beard's horribly overgrown. He's got long, tangled hair, and he's kind of just, like, shouting out to the crowd. Uh, Looks like the crazies are out today. Might want to wander past you what he's wanging on about. You never know. A lot of crazy shit going on in the world at the moment. Yeah, I mean, how would a snake get in the house? And what? Anyway, I'll just go have a look. What? Ask Tommy what he's seen. Oh, he's a crazy on, you know, on a podium, speaker's corner type shit. Just um, probably wanging on about the end of the universe or, you know, um, end of men's rights, something like that. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, Rogar's back in his room saying his prayer to get his uh, temp HP. (laughs) Do you want to meet a go? Because I realise that Sophia's not exactly um, clad in her normal street clothes. (laughs) Yes, please. Uh, Tommy sort of takes a slightly more lingering look than perhaps he should and then wonders. Dude, just been broken up with. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I was the one that volunteered to leave. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm a changed man. (laughs) Okay. Fine. And then I say my prayers. Okay. So uh, the religious sorts go back to their uh, rooms, get dressed, and start saying their prayers. So that leaves Tommy to go grab some breakfast, I assume? Yeah, grab some breakfast, give my, give my guns a quick oil, just make sure they're nice and clean. And I mean, would R4 make food for you if you asked him? I mean, he's mostly a battle robot, but probably. I'm not entirely sure that well, the contents of what he made would be edible. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I mean, toast of his spear. 
the toast pops out of the grill and he just stabs it to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Combat mode engaged. Uh, well, Tommy, while you're either trying to explain breakfast to R4 or making your own because you've just given up, <laughs> you hear a um, a light knock on your door. Uh, it's all go this morning. Hopefully that's the post. I'm going to wander to the door. Yep. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm fully, fully armed and equipped at this point. Mm-hmm. As you open said door, you are greeted by um, a rather young-looking tiefling boy. You'd probably say 15, 16. Looks a little bit scruffy, like the sort of kid that you probably like to see uh, sat in the street, or uh, maybe that uh, you might be wary, might be a pickpocket or something if you were in the wrong neighborhood. But uh, yeah, he's uh, stood there looking a little bit sheepish. Um, hello, um, are you Tommy Hawkins? Depends who's asking, son. He, um, he kind of looks away, and you can you just. You see he's got the sort of um, dark red skin that uh, a lot of tieflings have. And he has just very small horns poking out just underneath a, a scruffy little bit of hair. And he kind of looks away and reaches into a pocket on a rather uh, dirty jacket. And he pulls out something wrapped in cloth. And he goes, um, uh, uh, my name's Harry, sir. Um, I, I was told to deliver this to you. What is it? Uh, I don't know, sir. They told me not to look at it. Who's they? Who sent you, boy? Uh, yesterday uh, morning, a, a guard came up to me, a uh, frightening bloke. Yeah, he, uh, he told me to take this and come to this house tomorrow morning. And if there was a human uh, male inside, I was to ask if he was Tommy and give him this. Fuck's sake! And I, I describe um, Lark to him. Say, is that the man? He sort of nods and goes, yeah, yeah, he was uh, just a pull, uh, like a sergeant or something, I think. Shit, well, just drop that package there, my lad, and you scuttle on. Uh, all right, th- thank you, sir. And he, he takes this thing just wrapped in cloth and puts it on the ground. You, it's probably a little bit longer than, say, the uh, your wrist to your fingertip, a bit longer than that. But he puts it on the ground and goes, uh, thank you, sir, and sort of just runs off. Well... If he's not had a peek at that, then fucking the kids in this city have got a lot more trustworthy. (laughs) And I'm going to use sort of the tip of my sword to just gently move it around to to open it up so I can see what's in it. But I'm not going to touch it with my hands just yet because fuck knows what that is. Because it is well known that Lorik is an asshole. <laughs> yes, massively. <laughs> okay, you uh, use the tip of your sword just to flick the, the cloth over, and you see an exquisite but small dagger with a red blade and worked into the hilt as a symbol that you're now a lot more familiar with. You see an expertly engraved symbol of Baal, the skull with the red droplets around it. Well, I'm going to get an expert to have a look at that. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to kind of use the carefully with the cloth, sort of picking it up. Cause I, again, I don't really know what, know what it's going to do, whether it's, it'll be like those gloves that I put on with that mm. guy. That it'll get bound to my hand or something. So I'm just going to scoop it up in the cloth and pop it in my bag of holding for now and make note of it. 
Mm. I'll say this, uh, Tommy is pretty well versed with bladed weapons, especially like daggers and swords and that sort of thing. When you pick it up, you notice the blade is very light and even just like a cursory glance at closer inspection, you wonder if it's like ornamental, like it's not actually supposed to be used as a dagger. Okay. But, yeah, uh, I, will, I, will, I will get someone who's more versed in magical items to take a look at that for me. So that's going in my bag at the moment. Okay. It's just a letter opener at the moment. Well, not even that. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I want my every every letter that comes to me to be cursed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, so that's going in the bag, and yeah, I'll, maybe I'll I'll have a chance to speak to um to somebody who's good at identifying magical items later on today. Hmm. So. As you're all kind of getting up and ready and everything, I know I told you in our last session that the uh, meeting this morning is quite early. It's around 10 a.m. So is there anything you guys want to do, like, quickly before you go to the meeting? Or if there's anything you want to talk through before you head there, be my guest. But then otherwise you'll be on your way. Tommy, are you telling us about this sword blade thing? Uh, I mean, I at this point, yeah, I, I don't really have any reason to keep it from you. Um, so, yeah, I might, I might mention it. Do you show yeah, just just the idea that some some kids come and dropped off a another memento of our nice day yesterday with our good friend Lorik, and yeah, uh, he's dropped me a nice present to remember it by. Hmm. Well, actually, I'm not going to say anything. I'll talk to Tommy later. All right. Well, I'll um, I'll kind of um, you know, if if you want to have a look, you, you're welcome to have a look, but I'm not going to let you touch it. No, I don't really want to touch it. I don't touch things that I shouldn't be touching. I look at Rogar. <laughs> Cheers. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, before I like come down and interact with anybody, um, would I have time to look in my book? I want to try and um, see if I can find any reference to something that looks like the Nightmare Man. Oh, certainly. You can do. Um, so, I guess looking through the book for something like that, say a history check and you will need to uh, do the other checks around it to see whether you uh, have a brief madness so that's uh, an 18 from a history check and a d100 <laughs> uh, 46 46 I was just going to bring up the item I forget is it under 60 or over 60 that you uh, have a have a moment <laughs> <laughs> of all the fucking days is 46 not the paralyzed for 10 minutes one? Uh, well, so you have to do it twice. So if you roll a 1 to 65, you gain the information sort, but suffer a short-term madness. Okay, so roll me another D100. We'll see what uh, madness you get. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> 68. Days. 68. Ah. Rogar, as you start looking through the book and trying to uh, find any information on this nightmare man... You look up in the room, and the Nightmare Man is stood there staring at you from the corner. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> shit the bed. <laughs> Do you and actually all... shit the bed? <laughs> no, Rogar will probably start laughing because it's a rather serious thing. <laughs> Very true. We just paralyzed in, well, cold sweat, stood there paralyzed in fear, but also laughing. Maniacally. Yeah. As you uh, do that, Rogar, suddenly the room you're in isn't the room you're in. You're back in that field of shattered bones, and the Nightmare Man is walking towards you with those fingers outstretched. You see in the background what he did to that strange creature, 
that grotesque sculpture of flesh he seemed to make simply out of sheer will. And, uh, yeah, Rogar has a very bad time for the next... Oh, only one minute. Oh, that's not so, too bad. Briefly, downstairs, you hear a mixture of maniacal laughing and mild screaming as Rogar suffers vivid hallucinations and has disadvantage all ability checks for a minute. <laughs> He's playing with himself again. Yeah, yeah he is. I mean, I thought we disabled it so he couldn't watch that kind of porn. <laughs> I say, as question, if I'm hallucinating, I just just want to try something as as the the nightmare man's coming towards me mm -hmm. can i like drop to my knees arms outstretched yeah sure i just want to see i just want just just i don't know if it will change anything i'm just interested uh you do that but it doesn't seem to change anything and as this is all happening you're just having that building sense of dread as he gets closer and closer and just as he's about to lay his hands upon you that's when the minute ends and you're suddenly back in the room just pouring over your book. Okay. Um, what did I learn? Um, so, going through the book, you you find uh, general information so that the entities you tend to deal with, these um, creatures from beyond the stars, do interact in dreams, and there are multiple references to these creatures coming to people during their dreams uh, to positive or incredibly ill effect. You don't find any descriptions that fit the Nightmare Man. You know your own deity is particularly adept at changing forms, but you, from the forms that are listed, you don't find any that match up to what you saw. Okay, that's interesting. Similarly, I presume, since uh, everything that happened, you would probably look at the King in Yellow, whether that was related. Again, yeah. you don't see any descriptions of the King in Yellow or Haster taking on that particular form. Okay. That's interesting to know. Worrying. Hmm. Well, interesting. Something oh, else. new! Yay! Yay! As if we didn't have, have enough problems as it was. <laughs> <laughs> right, so if Tommy and I are downstairs, mm -hmm. and whatever Brogar's doing, um, I was just going to say, so you've had a weird something dropped off to you, right? And uh, a few nights ago, I woke up, and there was this voice in my room and it seemed to be, you know, those devils from when we first met Solara? What? Those things in the cave that were talking? Yeah, the party yeah. cave. Yeah. The, par the party cave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. a cracking bluff. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, they seem to have been watching me. And watching he, he, you? Yeah. I know, right? It's a bit creepy. Does that um, mean they've been watching all of us? I can't. Really remember it was kind of he took a specific interest in me but he gave me something to just in case i find myself in a bind you know i don't have to use it so you've actually got that thing then it wasn't just a dream no i've actually got it i, I mean i'm i want to go see like the doom guide and talk to him about it because no idea what the fuck this is i forgot even to mention it to solara well Shit, I mean, on the one hand, I don't, you know, I don't hold much truck with gods and that, and anything you get from otherworldly entities. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It's what I haven't touched it. I like literally just shoved it into a pocket and I'm like, <sighs> yeah, but that said, I mean, 
I did have a magical item on me that I did use when I was in a bind. What and was it that? Got the orb. Oh, yeah. So I can't knock them all, even though my first kind of thought is pretty... Um, it's probably going to cost you your soul or something like that. Yeah. But same time, if it's not doing anything to harm you right now... Yeah, and... I just thought maybe if something happened, just partly to put the... Like, turn that amulet the other way around, mate. So just... Do, is is that just is it, is it like a click when it turns over or something? Because like that seems like you could do it by accident quite a lot. So um, from what uh, Sophia would have seen, it's a it's a little silver chain bracelet, and the way it attaches would be tight enough on your wrist that it would be hard for it to turn over by itself. And you assume maybe there is some sort of magical property that the act of you turning it round and attaching it is what would activate it. Okay, yeah, I just don't want it going off and fucking devils popping up. You know? Well, no, the guy was like, well, the thing was like, put it on your wrist now. I was like, no, just put it in my pocket. I mean. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I would probably talk to someone who understands magical items, but isn't religious. Isn't religious? Well, yeah, because, well, or not like, you know, temple bound or something like that, because, you know, they've all got their own ideas about what's right and what's wrong and that and if they don't agree with it even though it might be quite useful they'll probably say nah fuck it and you know take it off you destroy it or whatever even though perhaps maybe it might be all right or might be useful later down well exactly yeah you know i mean probably some of the shit that we're carrying around with us is probably blasphemous to one of those fucking gods isn't it probably so all i'm saying is don't don't show it to someone who's got, you know, some 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 coin in the game, if you know what I mean. Just someone who's impartial. I mean, maybe take it back to um I'm not gonna tell soon. Well, I was I was gonna say like like a trader or something, someone who you know, you're not trying to get a value out of it, just like someone who can say, Well, this looks like a demon summoning amulet, for example. And if you put it on, you'll summon a demon, but it'll steal your soul and you'll then you'll know. Um, or it might be like, oh, fucking, I don't know. And then we'll keep looking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I mean, I'm I don't not know. I'm being really cautious about it. Just if something happens, just and I don't know, you loot my corpse. You know what it is. That's very true. And no offense, I, I would definitely loot your corpse. Yes, yes, I know you would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then I try, you know, I try to get your body back to um to the Doom Guide and that, so you can be buried in full honors in your temple or what have you um next to Anseer. i would really really appreciate that yeah next well, to Anseer, we don't have Anseer's body well <laughs> next, you, you, know, you know they put like yeah. a uh, yeah. like you know a monument to him you know what okay I mean. yeah yeah you know Let's you... Try, actually that, we've got to remember that for um a council meeting i want to find fucking Anseer's body oh well, we can we can ask him i suppose because yeah. he did die in um defense Maybe maybe we should put him on on my statue that I'm after. You know yeah. what I was talking to you about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Put him put him on there as well, and Handrel. Yeah, and Handrel. God's rest his soul. I mean, to, in fairness, I don't think we're going to get a body of Ansir because I think he, I think he was like he was probably disintegrated or burned or fucking sent to another plane or something like that. Turned into an illuminated. Possibly. 
It'd be I really mean, cool be... if he was actually alive, though, wouldn't it? I doubt it, seeing as you spoke to his ghost. But am I even in the know. room yet? No. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> now, if you want to be coming downstairs, you can be. <laughs> I, I, I'll, 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 I'll start heading down the stairs. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're going to hear him, so we're not going to clomp, clomp, clomp. clomp, clomp. <laughs> that was like my kid coming downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> Pot kettle black, Matt. What? What? Yeah, but I weigh like like ten times what he weighs. Not quite, but you know, like <laughs> okay, six, seven times what he weighs. I'm allowed to make a bit more noise. <laughs> yeah. So Rogar's coming down the stairs and having tea and biscuits. Are we? Yeah. How very refined of us. Mm-hmm. Us, 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 us two people. Me who lives in the sewers, you who lives in the woods, sitting down, <laughs> you know, still a little bit grubby, even though we've been home all day. <laughs> Having tea Eat. and biscuits out of little china cups. I didn't say that. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh... Crumpets. Um, yeah, and our, and our fours desperately trying to hold a little cup without smashing it in his <laughs> giant robot hand. <laughs> I just can't get the hang of it, Father. It's crack every time. Oh, you keep at it, R4. You know, it goes with the accent, mate. What, what? Um, we, we, we need to go about getting you a monocle as well. <laughs> I'm going to get him, like, a melamine cup. I think yeah, a melamine a melamine cup, but it looks like fine china. He he yeah. needs a monocle, a pipe, and a little bowler hat. <laughs> <laughs> then a top hat for fancy occasions. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You can you can switch switch hat out. Can we draw a mustache on him? I mean, I could I could I could sculpt one. I'm just bit making, trying to make him look like the Monopoly Man. <laughs> I would like if our four just becomes the Monopoly Man. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> just a giant armored Monopoly Man. <laughs> With an exploding spear. (laughs) (laughs) Go directly to jail. Do not pass go. (laughs) Do not collect 200 pounds. Anyway, so should we head to the council meeting? Yeah. As you say that, Rogar's just like, yo, yo, guys, uh, uh, should we not be waiting for like the the half-elf girl? You know, Slara's missus? No, she is Slara. Shit. You, Sophia, yes, your missus. Yeah, she, she's not here anymore, mate. She kind of left. Left? Oh, that's a shame. Uh, any ideas why? Uh, uh, I mean, she needed to go back to the spire, didn't she? Can I inside check her? Uh, yes. I mean, it will be a persuasion, because she's not technically lying, but if you pass it, you will find insight on what she's uh, saying. So, go on, roll off, you two. What am I rolling? Persuasion versus insight. Uh, 21. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Come on. 21. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a meets it beats though, isn't it? Oh. So, but, but I mean, on a 21, what are you going to say? I mean, Rogar might be slightly mistrustful. Yeah, I mean, what, what you gain from this Rogar, she isn't lying about Solara needing to go to the Spire. You do get a sense that she's not telling you the full story. Okay. Fair enough. I'll, 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 I'll leave it at that. I mean, Rogar's never really given a shit. So. No, I didn't think he did. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, that was the point, wasn't it? Uh, Rogar, has <laughs> your accent changed, mate? Yeah, no. Uh, really? No? Don't think so. What uh, the fuck is he doing? I don't know. Just just leave him to it. <laughs> Editor's note. Rogar's voice has always been this way. 
Rogar isn't being played by a new. <laughs> 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 we haven't replaced Bunkle, honestly. No, no, they haven't. I'm still, I'm still here. But... <laughs> uh, Cookson understands. That's all it needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I do understand. For I know all things. All mysteries and secrets flow through me. <laughs> well, except what we're going to do next. That's true. So what are you going to do next? Uh, we're going to go to the council meeting. No, 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 no. Tea and crumpets. Uh, no, time's getting on. <laughs> council meeting. Oh, so you have a nice morning of tea and crumpets if you wish, and then uh, do a casual stroll to the meeting. Yeah, we've got, we, late, we got we? time. I don't like being late. Okay. So you mop up the uh, the last of the butter with the crumpets, <laughs> finish a cup of tea that R4 tried to make for you, and you realize it's 90% oil. <laughs> <laughs> with little tiny shards of um, bone china in there. <laughs> mm, lovely. <laughs> Thanks, R4. And uh, Sophia's cup. That's <laughs> mud. He tips a uh, imaginary top hat to you. I've got to get you that, mate, at some point. <laughs> and uh, yes, you start making your way towards the Varadin Palace. Um, as you're walking through the streets, that creature is still on the corner, the person yelling out to the crowd. And in fact, as you're going through the streets, you notice he's not the only one of these people. There's a few dotted around. They all look a little... They look like different people. It's not like the same person is just like running down the street ahead of you or something, but they're very similar in what they're doing. They all have small crowds around them. They, they all kind of give off an aura of a little bit crazy, so they're not attracting too much attention. But some of the things they're saying do seem to be resonating with people. Bit, bit, bit of street theater for some. But mm. uh, So, so what, what kind of things are they saying? I mean, if, if, yeah, we, if so we listen in we for... from these. Yeah. Um, some of the things you hear being yelled out is just, our leaders have failed us! Or, and one that particularly catches your ear, Rogar, the truth will come from above, my friends. It will come for us all. A time of great change is upon us. Can I, can I go over to that guy? You can, if you wish. You know. Are you all stopping, or is just Rogar detouring briefly? I mean, I, th- I, I guess we'll kind of hover and, and listen in a little bit more if anyone yeah. wants to wander over. I mean, we, we, we've got time at the moment, so we're not rushing mm-hmm. particularly. Uh, Rogar, as you get close, you recognize not this person, but the style of robes he's wearing reminds you of a maybe a slightly dirtier, must-up version, as if it's been uh, roughed up and damaged a little bit to... Um, I don't know, to disguise his appearance or something like that, perhaps, yeah. but to one of the members of the Crimson Tongues cult from beneath the city. Oh, interesting. As you approach, you see him glance in your direction, but then he looks away and just keeps doing what he's doing. Um, I'm going to walk up to the actual soapbox itself, the, 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 the crate that he's stood on. Okay. Um, do you say anything to him as you approach, or are you just waiting for him to react? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what he does. Um, okay. As you kind of push through the crowd a little bit and you stand like right next to him, he looks down at you with a glance and then uh, turns to the ground and goes, I see we have someone who has seen the truth among us. Tell me, good sir, what is it you've seen? Do you know that I speak honestly? That change is coming. A better world awaits us all. I'm going I'm to, um, I'll, I'll hold an arm out as if to say, you know, can I stand on your box? 
Of course, my man, I would never stop someone from speaking the truth to these good, honest folk. And he sort of steps down and like takes a few steps back. I'm gonna I'll step on the box and uh oh, I'll just I'll just... Good people of Varadin, I have seen the future. I have seen our salvation. It is, as this man says, written in the stars. You can join us, can join me, and I will lead you to this salvation. I, Rogan McLeod, will lead you to your destiny. Hmm. And I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold like my. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold my hand up. So you're doing like um, a pledge kind of stance, like with one yeah, yes. raised up above your head, like uh, like you're taking an oath. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, I'm just going to be like, I'm just going to turn to Sophia and be like, should we get him down? I mean, we're supposed to be going to the yeah. council now to try and pledge our case to sane individuals who might want some things for them. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, it just sounds like we they should follow us to the council meeting. I mean, come on, Rogar. I'll say, um, Rogar, do me a, let's say a performance for this. I was going to say, can, 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 just use your lashings of charisma. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is, as a, I don't want to say buffer to it, but kind of a buffer, um, if I took out, like, I don't know, like a few, I don't know, maybe a hundred pieces of silver or something, and threw that into the crowd, like, cast it up in the air. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, I have a feeling they'd like advantage or anything, or just negate my disadvantage. I have a feeling that they'd be more interested in the silver than you at that point. But um, yeah, so I would say that would give you advantage, but I don't think you have disadvantage on performance checks, do you? You have them on persuasions. Uh, I thought it was any charisma checks. Um, I think it specifically says persuasions and deceptions. All right, okay, fine. I'll check it after this, but for now, I would say. If you're going to throw the silver and knock off a couple of gold from your sheet, depending on how yep. much you might commit to this, let's say five gold probably is a, a healthy amount to chuck to these people. Yep. Um, <laughs> knock some yeah, people out. Me, yeah. He's going to start a riot, mate. Hmm. Throwing coin around in this sea. So it's a 14, but that's better than the four I would have rolled. <laughs> okay. Um, of the crowd of people, you see about nine of them kind of like nod their heads a little bit in agreement and they start like muttering to each other and they walk off in uh, little groups away from the scene. So the rest of them, like the rest of the people who stood there, uh, they don't seem that impressed. They kind of shrug like a, uh, more crazies. But uh, yeah, you get uh, nine people thinking about stuff. Come on, Rogue, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, come on, Rogues. We've got an appointment. I'll, t- I'll turn to the guy who uh, allowed me to speak and I'll say, good sir, continue to spread the message. And uh, good. I'll, uh, I'll stick a gold in his pocket as well. Why not? He nods towards you, kind of in a knowing way, and uh, starts gets back up on his soapbox and starts trying to attract another crowd towards him. Do I get any of that silver that he's chucked around? Nah, those citizens were all over that shit. Uh, unless, you wanna, unless you want to hip check one out the way. I mean, Tommy's tempted. I got to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got I've got a lot of money, but you know, silver slide. I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> Times I mean, are tough. I mean, yeah, pro- pro- to- Tommy's going to get at least one silver piece out of that. I mean, there, there, there might be some um, some citizens walking away, massaging their jaws at this point. But <laughs> okay, you steal one silver piece from some poor child that was just trying to get money for bread. Nice. <laughs> 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 and uh, you're continuing on your way to the palace. Yeah, 
think so, yeah. I mean, casting a few side glances at Rogar, like, I mean, what the fuck was that about? But not specifically out loud, because at this point we've just learned not to... <laughs> it's not worth talking about. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, if they're just going to let me carry on, then I'm just going to carry on. <laughs> I mean... I mean, at this, uh, to be honest, it's it's about as weird as the kind of things you normally do. So it, it does it doesn't raise any eyebrows particularly to us at the moment. That's fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So the group of you continue on again. You see the odd other preacher on corners again with small crowds. Some of them are getting shuffled on by guards just because they're taking up space in the street, but uh, they don't seem to be kicking up a fuss about it. Um, as you reach the palace of Baradin, are you? A, uh, a nice sight to see when you're not about to invade it. You uh, get to the large iron gates that are open, and all of you see a sight that you would have seen previously, but this is the first we're going to mention it on pod. You see the head of Samuel Crenn on a pike just above the city gates. Ooh, gross. Rogar starts to himself. Yeah, how high up is it? Is it you, did um, you just say that you were touching yourself, Rogar? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I, I, mean, I, just, I, just com- I just completely glossed over that in my mind. I just didn't even hear it. <laughs> Kalimvor. <laughs> oh, uh, it's about forty feet up, I'd say. I'm, I'm just wondering if I if I reckon I could um, I could, if, if if I got a stone, if I could crack it off its skull. Hey, make me an unskilled dex. I mean, I might just 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 lob some at it, just as a kind of you know, fuck Keep you. Keep to the wind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just a little, you know. All right, you are uh, a twenty-two. So I think I pretty much ping that straight off the skull. Yeah, yeah. Get a, a nice little round, smooth stone, and you kind of whip it up there. It just bangs off the side of his head. Yeah, another shot, another hit. <laughs> yeah, but not the shot that counted, though, is it, mate? Hey, we we all took our shots. I think I'm. I'm pretty sure I was inside him at the time. I'm pretty sure he'd, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he'd, he'd eaten me. If I recall the fight correctly, I was inside the creature's stomach at the time. <laughs> where, where Rogar had just been. <laughs> Fair I think you were the only one who would, wasn't eaten by him. Nah, he didn't swing that way. Yeah. And he was quite full after Tommy, frankly. Yeah. Bit of gristle. Didn't sit yeah. well. I had to spit him out. Uh, right then, so you go through the palace gates and you do see palace guards around just doing the general rounds, but no one stops you. You all seem to be recognized by the uh, people in charge here and you begin to make your way to the actual palace proper. You're greeted by um, a few servants at the door and they take you upstairs to the room where the interim Baradin council is meeting. Now, Tommy, having been to a previous council meeting with the nobles knows that you're not being taken where you would usually go. In fact, they've repurposed a room on one of the higher floors to get a bit of a view out over the city and maybe to uh, distance themselves from the previous noble council that sat with Kren. You go up a few flights of stairs and eventually you're brought to this new council chamber. There's a nice new table that's been laid out, a number of chairs around, and it seems you are the last to arrive to the meeting. You kind of look out across the room and you see this like massive sheet of glass on the far wall that gives you a lovely view out across the city and you, at the moment you can just see the sun rising in the sky and it looks very pretty kind of a, a nice place to consider the uh, goings on 
of these people. As you enter the room, you can uh, see the people who have been called to attend this. Uh, the person heading toward you immediately is one Heinrich Sandrin, our uh, scholarly-looking chap who, uh, if you forget what he looks like, I'll uh, show a picture of him to you all. But uh, it's a relatively young uh, man with a sort of brown, wavy hair. Looks very well put together, but has a bit of a... Uh, he looks like an accountant, because that's what he is, basically. <laughs> And uh, he's walking towards you. You see already seated at the table uh, Orman Belsar, the leader of the revolution. You see Araha Odell in his uh, temple finery, already seated, and he kind of nods as the group of you enter. You see Magus Doran, which Ugh. may have been a surprise to you, except Solara told you that Lauren was leaving this morning, so perhaps she's already gone, and Magus Doran is here in her stead. And one face I don't know whether you are expecting to see or not is Barrett Pierce, the former governor of war. Hmm. Interesting. Last time we saw him, he was knocked out. Yeah. Indeed. We saved his ass. He owes us. <laughs> so Heinrich approaches you all and kind of like nodding happily and like comes up to sort of shake your hands and Ah, yes, I'm glad all of you are finally able to arrive. Now we can start the meeting proper. Thank you Sorry, for... were we late? I mean, Rogar was prancing about up downstairs. Oh, no, 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 no. It's no mind. I think everyone was just quite early and eager to get things going today. <laughs> what, Heidi, mate? How are you doing? Oh, uh, busy. Very, very busy. And you get a good look at his face now. You see, looks like this man probably hasn't slept in uh, quite a few days. Well, I bet, yeah, there's all that, you know, paper pushing and that to do after, you know, the actual action's over, I suppose. Ah, uh, yes, I must admit, um, revolution is a good idea and all, but then people have to step into positions that maybe they didn't expect before. Um, I've been doing my best to help lead this interim government, and uh, yes, it's, uh, it's very, very uh, stressful, I'll say. Yeah. Surely there's a pay rise in it for you, and I give him a wink. Um, well, I suppose the, the money is the city's money, and... Uh, uh, it's hard to decide exactly what to do with funds before you're even an official government. But oh well, we've 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 got lots to discuss. Is uh, I guess what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Please Wait take a minute. So so you're in charge, are you? Um no no not not me. Uh, myself and well, everyone in this room, apart from uh, friend Mr. Pierce, um, have been doing our best to hold up an interim government. Well, I say. Those in this room, uh, Magus Doran is new here today. It used to be Archpriestess Lauren, but she's had to send her apologies. Uh, I don't know if any of you are aware, but she's left the city this morning. Yeah, um, I heard a little rumour about that. Is um, So we've got Doran here. Hello, Doran. He kind of looks down his nose at you, which is quite impressive, given that he's seated and uh, at least a foot below you. <laughs> <laughs> I give him a big grin. And before I take my seat, I'm going to wander over to the window. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a peek out of the window and I'm also going to give it a little rap with my knuckle and just check whether I think that would stop a bullet um, You give it a rap at the window Stop a bullet? Probably not um, But it is quite a nice view over the courtyard and you can see all like the palace guard are all marching outside um, In the room itself, in fact I didn't describe but there are um, six palace guard stood in there fully sort of armed and armoured and there were two on the outside of the door as well Okay I'm also going to have a quick look and see if there's any vantage points where I could get a good look at this window from, just while I'm over there. Um, look at this window from the outside? Yeah, yeah. 
oh certainly yeah there's lots of buildings in the government district that would give you uh, an angle on it you know this purely because you've got a rifle that is far further a shot than most people will ever have in their lives you could take a probably pretty decent shot in here you won't get the greatest angle on the people who are sat down maybe if you stretch the limits of how far your rifle could shoot you could go into one of the taller buildings on the more noble side of the uh, city they they have a few spires that you might be able to take a shot from maybe hit some we're sitting on the window side of the uh, council table. It's, it's, it's academic at this point, but it's just useful to know, seeing as they've moved into a, a room with a view. So, mm. uh, yeah, so have, have, having done that, have, had a, sort of making it look as if I'm just having a nice look at, at the city, which, to be fair, I am a bit. Uh, I'll, I'll wander my way back around the table and take a seat. And the first thing, at least from the people you've described there, is I've noticed there are no nobles there. Uh, indeed, there are not. There are no nobles seated. And when you guys take your seats, apart from a chair which you assume was probably Solara's, there are no spare seats, so they're not expecting anyone else. Where's, um, so we got Magus, we got, where's the Doom Guide? I mean, uh, the Doom Guide isn't here today. I mean, you can ask Heinrich if you Yeah, because everybody else is represented. Uh, yes, well, I did extend a invitation to the Doom Guide, but. He seemed a little reticent about getting too involved in governmental politics. I, I think he felt his duties lay elsewhere, though he did voice um, his pleasantries towards Araha Odell in terms of civic leader. But again, I say, we've got a lot to discuss about who might be actually taking up the uh, reins of office after today. Okay. Fair enough. And he kind of does address the whole group here, and he goes, I, I do wish to assure everyone that I know these are strange times, and I don't want anyone here to be under the impression that some sort of coup has taken place. The revolution was a means to an end, and obviously we have been doing our best to deal with the fallout, but we do intend to move to a more democratic process after this. This was only an interim solution, and I am hoping, after today's discussions, we'll be able to put an end to it, or at least start the process to put an end to it. I don't want to leave us in some sort of power vacuum let uh, any old person try to uh, take over the city. Yeah, like my dad. Um, yes. Uh, I, we haven't heard from uh, Maximilian Landrin. Um, we had made efforts to get into his house, but no one has returned when we have tried. We were going to pose the question to you, um, Miss Landrin, whether you know your father's current location. Fuck knows. I mean, I was hoping that you would know. Um, I, I'm afraid not, and uh, all the other people around the table kind of shake their heads, and they look a little distraught at the idea of not really knowing where he is. And um, Heinrich notices that and goes, in fact, that's possibly a good place to start. So, as you are all aware, the previous council was headed by the noble houses. We have put an end to that. We don't Good. feel that is well, thank you, thank you. We don't feel that that is representative of the people, and given some of the crimes levied against those houses, we don't feel it is appropriate that any of them take seats. Um, all of so you... they're still nobles, though, aren't they? Well, I suppose I feel, I feel redistribution of wealth may be in order. <laughs> oh, certainly, we have already done our best to reclaim things from the nobles that we don't believe was rightfully intended for them. Um, it's important to note which people we're talking about, however. 
I can confirm to you all that the following leaders of noble houses are no longer with us. They perished during the revolution. House Chrysus, House Regus, House Norik, House Chorus, House Lothrin, and House Sander. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your uh, opinion, and you see uh, Orban kind of smirks at that one a little bit, uh, they are all deceased. Of course, they will have relatives and people who may wish to make claim to their fortunes and lands, but as far as anything within Baradin and that which we hold the deed to, we will be redistributing fairly to the people or to um, the city itself in terms of funding our treasury to improve the city. The nobles that we managed to um, jail during the revolution, those that either surrendered or were knocked unconscious, we have House Odrin and House Peleus. Um, Richard Odrin and Edward Peleus are currently um, incarcerated within the palace. We should probably have a discussion around what to do with them. Um, it is my opinion, and I think the opinion of those around this table, that they should be given some sort of trial. Um, my personal suggestion is a public trial, but we can get to that on the agenda. The nobles that we do not know the locations of are, as mentioned, uh, Maximilian and Ophelia Landrin. They seem to have left the city sometime before the revolution. Thomas of House Warwick has gone missing, as has Garrett of House Haig. When you say missing, you just don't know where they are? Uh, exactly, Rogar, yes, we do not know where they are. They are not, as far as we can tell, within the city. So you've taken, all, I assume you've gone into their houses and taken all their stuff, yeah? Um, there has been some uh, reclamation of property that we do not feel is rightfully theirs. We have stationed some guards in there so that they are not just ransacked by the populace, but the idea is that, yes, we will redistribute what was taken, and in cases of things that we cannot redistribute, it will go towards the government's treasury for, you know, civic improvement plans. Okay, so we've not got... So the new government will be made up of the people, um, not of the nobles not that that the have-nots rather than the haves necessarily so interestingly then the only person in this room who sat on the former council is you mr pierce over there yes um we did invite um mr pierce to this meeting because we felt it necessary um perhaps i should read through the main points of this agenda first before we go into too many details um First of all, I want to thank you all again for coming. Uh, I understand these are very, very difficult times, and the people out there are expecting great things of us. We promised a lot in our uh, campaigns to overthrow the previous government, and we intend to deliver on them, as you quite rightly say, and I believe uh, Mr. Ormond is in uh, agreement with. Uh, we intend to make this a council more of the people and by the people. Secondly, I don't know if you're all aware of this, but we have done our best to, I hate to use the term purge, but get rid of guardsmen who we thought were unseemly, those who would be considered loyalists to Kren or may intend to uh, stage their own counter-revolution. We have done our best to remove them from any important positions or remove them from the guard entirely. It's known that we are supplementing the guard with the army, this is not a situation we wish to keep indefinitely, as we don't want people thinking that this has been a military coup. 
It is important to note that the army always reported to the governor of war, in this case, Barrett Pierce. So we, of course, would like to open a dialogue towards making certain that nothing untoward happens there. And there's kind of a, a bit of murmuring around the room and eyes cast towards uh, Barrett's chair on that one, because you're getting the impression that the army would report to him and you're not entirely certain what the army would do if he suddenly disappeared. And it kind of gives you the idea of why he sat at this table at the moment and not in a jail cell. Question. Um, I'm assuming I'm the only one who's met Barrett Pierce before. Uh, apart from the other people on the council, you'd be correct, yes. Uh, we, obviously, I'd, I'd seen him before at the last council meeting and we all saw him um, wounded yeah, on the floor. Knocked out, yeah. Yeah, knocked out, unconscious. But apart from that, yeah, you're the only one who's actually known him prior to the events of the pod. Uh, just, just to d- double check something. Can I still like remove the pallid mask or not? Um, we that, said uh, the pallid mask. You could, yes, it can sort of retract a little bit. So just, just to retract it a little bit, in in the hopes that maybe he recognizes a bit of what I used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of just want to, you know, look at Barrett and just be like, look, man, what's your what's your stake in this? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Seems to me you take your big fat pension and go, uh, you know, sun it up somewhere, maybe. He stares at you for kind of a long, silent moment, and you start to see a little bit of recognition cross over his face, but then he responds to you quite, well, not particularly friendly or familial or anything like that. He goes, my stake in this is that I intend to see that Varadin be put back in a better place than what it has been driven to. If I can be assured of that. You are correct. I don't see any real reason to want to stay in my current position. But I cannot dictate the army's thoughts and opinions. They have always seen me as their leader. And I wish to make certain that there are no rebellions or anything worse to occur if they were to think that I have been ousted. So that is why I am here today. I wish to make certain that everyone who has eyes on this council and on this government understands how the transition of power is going down. We do not want rumour to cause a second revolution, now do we? (laughs) Please excuse him. No, we don't. Uh, Do do continue, Heine. What what else do you have to say? Well, um... Yes, thank you. There, there are a few things. Um, I, I think it is important for all of us here to know that we have been trying to get a handle on everything that has been going on throughout the lands. Obviously, Varadin is important to us, but Varadin itself rules over the land of Ashara, and there has been much going on that the previous administration was not too keen on caring about, it seems. Um, We have had a number of missing scouting patrols in both the northern lands north to us and the lands south to us. Uh, Unfortunately, with the army stationed within the city to support the guard, we haven't really had the resource to follow up on any of that. Um, In addition, there have been rampant rumors of null, orc, and even giant attacks throughout the land, and unfortunately we've not had the resource to go defend villages that are technically under our 
security. And there's even rumors from other lands of such similar such attacks, villages ransacked or even burnt to the ground. This is unfortunate, and obviously this is why I would like a new government to be secured and put in place as quickly as possible so that we can start to reassert ourselves as the power in the area. On top of all of this, on brighter news, and you see um, when he was talking through all that, Barrett actually looks quite distressed at the idea that there's just been one, disappearing scouting patrols, and two, just constant attacks throughout the lands that he presumably wasn't aware of. But uh, Heinrich continues on regardless, because a lot of us gave a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and lives towards the revolution. And we, as an interim council, believe it is important to recognize those sacrifices. Specifically, there are three people seated at this table, and he kind of gestures towards the three of you, who were brought here specifically under contract. And originally, we had agreed a price for their services. It has been quite a large discussion point around whether that particular reward is still suitable. And it is my opinion and the opinion of this interim council that that reward is no longer suitable because actions were taken above and beyond the originally stipulated contract. And we would like to make certain to you all that Varadin recognizes those sacrifices you have made and the work that you put in to make all this come to pass. I talked at the start of this meeting about reclaiming properties and lands, and um, Heinrich pulls out a piece of paper, and he puts it on the table and slides it towards the three of you. So what we believe to be an adequate reward for all of your efforts is to gift unto you all something that we think will serve you well. We have reclaimed the fortified noble estate of one Thomas Warwick. This estate lies to the north near the Crown of the World mountain range, and it consists of a fortified castle, some small um, accommodations for people who would live within the uh, lands themselves, and the surrounding lands would all come under this particular deed. And that's what he slid across to you all, basically a deed of ownership. We believe that there are no better people to be given responsibility for this than the three of you. So Tommy tips his hat to the council and takes a look at the deed. So how much would you say this um, estate would be worth on the market? Not that I'm planning to sell it, but just out of interest. Well, uh, typically estates of such size, the fortress itself would probably be worth somewhere in the region of 50,000 gold um, and then obviously the lands can be repurposed. I mean, I don't know how well tended Thomas Warwick kept the lands, but they would probably fetch quite a bit of coin as well you, or you could certainly use them to make money for you if you turn them into farmland. I, I don't know. Uh, if you accept the deed, then that is entirely up to you. Right, so... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, 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 just hold my finger up to the council and just go uh, sidebar. Okay. And just get you two to, to kind of come in. What do you think, guys? I mean, do I know anything about... Have I ever been to the land that Warwick's owned? Uh, you wouldn't have been to the land, but no. what you would know is that it's it was a bit of a retreat that he bragged about quite often. 
that yeah. it was um, something he spent a lot of time and effort building up, and it was kind of his uh, his home away from home. So it's outside the city, right? Yeah, it's far outside the city. So far, it's near, it's, yeah, okay, fine. It's near the crown of the world mountains, which are quite far from here. Right, and, okay. and, and 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 effectively, we, we'd be we'd be technically under the um, laws of Varadin, but realistically, we'd be lords of our own manor. Essentially, yes, the lands would default to you. You may enforce the laws in those lands as you see fit, if you have people living there. Which you don't know what the current population of those lands are. Um, depends what uh, Warwick was using them for. Seems like a heavy upkeeping. Well, I mean, I'm sure we could we we could install a steward. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it seems like a pretty, pretty good fat packet. Um, yeah. Even, even if we, even if we decide it's too much effort to upkeep, we could, we could sell it on, which is what Tommy was kind of thinking with the cash. Although he definitely wants to go and see it. Feels like you know when you when you go to the um, the will reading and find out that you're the um, sole beneficiary. Sol- yeah, sole beneficiary of the estates of the deceased, uh, long lost uncle. Yeah. Um. So I mean, uh, it, it seems like too good an opportunity to. Yeah. You know, to, to turn down, but I'm not saying we turn it down. I'm saying we ask for more on top of it. I think yeah. I think we do, I think we do need to do that. Um, yeah, I think this, there's, this, there's a... this is this is the opening bar opening offer of a negotiation. And I, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and I I feel feel that it would be it would be in our interest to take it, but I also feel like there's there's a few other small matters that we would like just to discuss in front of the council, and a few other things that we feel like we may have earned. Yes. Well, I mean, just don't make it sound like we're ungrateful, though. No, no, absolutely not. So, um, I mean... Let's walk back over. Yeah, so we wander back to the table and just be like, well, I think we're all in agreement that we um, we were very, very flattered and um, we'd very much like to take up this deed between the three of us. However, we do have a few small other matters we'd like to discuss as part of the council. Unless there was other... Uh, things you had in mind. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. We're, we're not we're not asking you necessarily for much more payment as such, but there are a few a few things we would like as part of our reward. Not necessarily hugely expensive for yourselves, but just just things we would like considered, as it were. Oh, and uh, what would they be? <laughs> what what's his tone here? Does he look unhappy? <laughs> um, he wasn't. Didn't mind that much until you mentioned um, money, because as he said to you, the fortress itself would be worth in the region of 50,000 gold pieces. So considering your original contract was for less than 10,000, they we're, we're not pretty Yeah, we're not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not necessarily asking for more money as such. That's what, that's what I was trying to get out there. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, th- I think we'd, we, we'd like some say, some input into perhaps who you decide are the representatives on the council maybe just 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 uh just in an idea about how the elections are going to happen something like that you know um, and perhaps maybe or if it's going to be done in a different way perhaps we could say maybe put in a few good words for some individuals we feel like should be involved in this new world order uh i see um well that's fine that's is actually part of the reason why we brought you here um we were perfectly happy to have that discussion with you involved. Excellent. Then we're all in agreement about that one. Uh, secondly, I feel like a lot of good people lost their lives and livelihoods to this great revolution that we all took part in. And I feel like they deserve to be honoured in a tasteful way. 
somewhere central in the city where people can go and remember their relatives and also feel like perhaps at the same time we could honour those heroes of the revolution with a statue on top, perhaps casting down the flaming banner from the top as we did, perhaps with a few of our comrades who have sadly passed in pursuit of this great new future. Uh, Do me a persuasion. Great. (laughs) Fuck, we've lost our charisma character. (laughs) (laughs) She wanted it in gold as well, mate. I know, but I'm 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 not her, so I'm a four. Because can 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 perhaps perhaps like one of, perhaps one of you give me the help action there, like yeah. talk, talk it up as well. Oh, but and I have then, a disadvantage on persuasion checks, so maybe maybe, maybe Sophia, if you could kind of help yeah. talk me up a little bit, maybe you say something about this as well. And, and I mean, maybe... it would be a, it would help the city unite to remember things that were past i don't know i'm talking bullshit but i'm trying to help you mate (laughs) i just just help the city come to terms with its loss because i mean you know at the moment the people have lost family members and they're thinking what was this for and don't forget i mean it wasn't just cretin it was a whole fucking illuminated bullshit just illuminated the, the, the the evil council members um you know the old old guard all those nobles yeah you know, I mean, all of, the, all of them mistreating people, all that horror. People, people died. People lost family members to them. You know, they they all deserve some kind of closure, some kind of monument to say, you know, it wasn't all in vain. Okay, I'll say, um, Sophia, you give Tommy the help action. So roll persuasion one more time, oh. Tommy. That is a twenty, not twenty, not twenty. <laughs> Sophia, what what you said there? You're 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 so profound, stutteringly profound. <laughs> they saw me saw the, the the fact that i was so earnest and the fact that a part of me still represents the old noble. ways yes i know what i'm saying it's, try, it's representing the old ways and trying to get past that yeah you, you you cast off your mantle of nobility to serve the common cause exactly <laughs> um yeah so you, that's what you, you said <laughs> You do uh, add all that to sort of Tommy's plea, and um, instead of Heinrich, you notice um, Orman kind of is nodding in agreement and kind of speaks up and goes, "Yes, it is uh, good to see that one of the nobles, and he kind of looks at you, Sophia, is now ready to completely cast aside such archaic notions and support the people of this city in such a way. I am in agreement with our uh, friends here. I think we should have something that memorializes those who sadly fell during the revolution. It should be a, a statue to represent the people who fought. Exactly. I mean, Solara wasn't isn't here today, but she kind of wanted diamonds in her eyes and flames going out. But I'm just happy with the statue. I, f- I feel tastelessly, re- no, sorry, tastelessly, tastefully, yeah. that's the opposite, uh, realised in bronze, perhaps, um, myself, Sophia, Rogar, Solara, Ansir, and Handrel. Heinrich uh, nods along with uh, the three of you talking about it, and he goes, "Okay, well, um, you all seem to have some good ideas. That's that's great. Um, okay, well, Orman and uh, Tommy, if you two would like to head up the um, committee for deciding what the statue would look like, we can certainly schedule that in." Sounds good. Hey, uh, hang on, we're, we're not finished just yet. 
Just, just, just two more things. Now, one, one I hadn't discussed with my colleagues here, but I feel like seeing as we've um, eradicated the nobles and stuff, it might be worth worth considering now is um, slavery and the abolition of. Oh, oh, sorry. Perhaps you've not been. Uh, well, I'm afraid you've not been in all our council meetings. Do not, do not worry. We have immediately rescinded all of the such barbaric laws that the nobles were putting in place towards their final days. This. The slavery market has been completely abolished and people will no longer be forced to fight within the arena. Obviously, competitions may still be held, but they are entirely voluntary. Oh, thank goodness for that. Um, finally, um, a bit of a discussion we all had as as a group is that, oh, obviously as part of this, you know, we, we, we'd like um, immunity from any acts that were considered or would have been deemed against the state at the time in which they were committed. <laughs> All right, lawyer Tommy. <laughs> well, I've been <laughs> I've been in front of a judge a few times in my life. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> so, true. Yeah. Um, I'd just like to put put that out there, although I'm sure that is you know completely fine. Uh, Heinrich sort of nods towards and goes, "Yeah, yes. I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, planning a revolution is." Illegal, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, all the things we had to do. Um, any act committed during the revolution in support of the revolution is completely absolved. There will be no follow-up trials against those who joined in the revolution. We do not wish to persecute those who stood up to tyranny. Excellent. So all the, all the actions I've made in the last six months have had in some way to do with the revolution, so that's fine. Good. Six months? Any well, actions that you commit from now on will of course be prosecuted okay so that brings me on to our final point um <laughs> which is as yes you, you've mentioned and i think you've alluded to a few things here uh one of which obviously is that we're, we're a bit short-staffed on the guard front the army is kind of neglecting some of its duties no offense barrett i mean more that so they're protecting the citizens rather than necessarily going out ranging and protecting our citizens outside the city so it feels like there's a little bit of a vacuum here for perhaps a official agency to be formed, one that can perhaps protect the people of the city from future tyrants, you know, protect and keep an eye out for any further revolutions or insurrections. I was thinking, you know, a formation of an official uh, Varadin agency, as it were. Hmm consisting initially of the three of us and governance and um, recruitment of that organization would be handled by the three of us what i'm what, what i'm basically asking you for is obviously we've proved our worth to you as part of this revolution now we could just fuck off go our separate ways having done this great deed for you or you could legitimize us and use us well, um, that's certainly an interesting idea. Um, obviously, with the deed you've been given, it will be your responsibility to enforce the laws of Varadin and any laws that you wish to apply to your lands. Of course, they, such laws would be reviewed regularly to make certain that they are not against keeping. But um, in that capacity, then yes, you have full authority to enforce the laws of Varadin as you see fit. Of course, um, in our in our new estate. But I was thinking something something more around the whole of a shire as a representatives of the council and representatives of the government 
of a shire in form in the form of kind of agents of the government well it's certainly not a bad idea it's one that we could definitely discuss but you know i i do like the idea of being able to send people out to help as i say um many of our people are suffering right now i'm I've, honestly we've been hearing very grisly reports about raids from these monstrous creatures and that the south has gone completely quiet it's even more worrying in its own way yeah so well i'm glad that's gone down reasonably well so obviously we'd be a a um government funded body um you know toss it tossing around obviously we, we need a budget for, for expenses etc um and as i say that just the three of us for now but we, we'd get on the recruiting train make sure there was a few of us around kind of to act as a more of a authority I guess the word, yeah the word is more of a federal authority i guess i see well i'm certainly happy to hammer the details out about this i don't think anyone around this council has any direct objections to the idea and everyone kind of sort of mutters a little bit but they don't seem to raise any concerns around us certainly well after the meeting we can discuss in more detail and kind of hammer out in a hammer out a budget and what the authorities this agency would have okay well um i mean i've already got a name so just just so you can mull it over in your head and you've got something to think of it uh, we'll call ourselves the um homeland office for the betterment of ashara uh shortened to hobo ah yes 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 not sure if that sends quite the right message but we, we can workshop it <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be murder hobo. I just want just want to legitimize murder hobo. <laughs> I've got to be honest. Murder hobos for the state. Yeah. <laughs> just roll off the tongue a little bit, I suppose. But, yes. Uh, well. Or hobo. I mean, let, let's say hobo. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I think I think the the Homeland Office for the Betterment of Ashara sounds perfectly legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need acronyms here, do we? You know, no. we see we see the whole thing. Like like, mm. <laughs> um, I, I'm just going to look at my colleagues before before I, before I let them continue and just say, uh, you two, anything else that I haven't covered already? Rugo's sat stoically still. Like side eye and Barrett Pierce with his third eye. <laughs> I think Rogar's um predis- predisposed. Uh, fear. Anything uh, else? Nah, I think. I mean, kind of want to form a group to find my dad, but apart from that, I- I'm pretty happy. I mean, that could be that could perhaps be a task for the Homeland Office mm. for the Betterment of Ashara, perhaps. Exactly. <laughs> to be fair, I was trying to outsource that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, want to I mean, I mean, we, 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 we are in charge of our own recruitment, so... Yeah, I don't want to find my dad. If funded, you've got to start somewhere, so we start with mercenaries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know where to find a few of those. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so as the meeting goes on for a little while, they do discuss some more boring aspects. They start talking about budgets, what they want to repair in the city... Uh, how much will a statue cost? That's ridiculous. <laughs> Let's make a slightly smaller statue, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> and eventually, it gets back round to what seems to be the the final point of the meeting, which is who exactly is going to sit on the new Varadin Council? Heinrich will stand up and he'll make the first nomination. Um, he goes. So uh, I've thought long and hard about this on who I would like to nominate to sit on the council, and I think what is important 
is that we nominate someone who is seen as a strong civic leader who already has the trust of the populace. And I don't think anybody out there will disagree with his inclusion upon the council. I would like to nominate Araha Odell. And he kind of nods towards the Araha and the Araha. Um, thank you, Henrik. Um, I must admit the temple keeps me quite busy, but I have trained up a number of staff who could uh, handle some of my duties, and I would be happy to try represent the faith of the people upon our council and guide us to hopefully a better end than the last council had. I accept your nomination. Um, Henrik sort of nods and goes, oh, good, good. Well, that's one person nominated. Does anyone else have any nominations on who they would like to uh, put forward for the new council? Obviously, there will be a certain amount of voting if we have... Um, plan around that put in place obviously that's even more discussion oh so much to do but uh I, I do want to make certain everything here is above board and fairly attributed we don't want any sort of ideas of uh going back to the old ways do we have any more nominations so rogar's gonna stand up at that um and i'm just gonna re reach into the bag of holding and pull out a book uh and it's it's gonna be it's dr nick's notebook and diary oh, okay so I was going to put that on the uh, on the table. I'm, I'm assuming there's ladies at the table other than Sophia. Um, um there actually isn't because <laughs> Lauren didn't show up. <laughs> oh. Solara's gone. That's Solara's a shame. Gone. Um, but I'll start out anyway. Passage first. Mm -hmm. Gentlemen and lady, it's come to my attention that Mr. Barrett Pierce here is uh, in some way looking to step aside. Maybe he's uh, doing his duty. He's uh, you know, he's here, he's here for for representation of the army. I I, I guess that's uh, correct to say there. I'm assuming he's giving me like a salty look. Uh, he is, but he isn't stopping you. But my nomination is actually from the Varadin army. He's a man who uh, led his own company in the Varadin army. And he is the name of Varys Greenwood. Now, most people around here... Pro Never heard of him. You know, it's... Oh, well, where's this name come from? But he's a personal friend and a hero of this fair city. A person who tried to stand up to Kren. A person who tried to fight for the freedom of this city, only to be torn down, losing his whole unit in the time. And now I'm going to slide the book over to Ormond. Because he's like the leader of the revolution, so I feel quite—I feel like he has quite a bit of say. Mm -hmm. As you'll see in that book that I provided you, the Doctor Nick, as it were, that was supposed to help save Varadin, was actually an agent of Samuel Crenn, who turned on my poor friend and his men and cast them off into the Dreamlands, off into a plain, not of less, where I came to find to be the most upstanding of citizens, the quintessential man of Varadin, a man who loved this city so much that he named his sword after this great city, that he named his band of men after this city, the sword of Varadin. This is the type of man we need to lead this city forward. This is the type of man that needs to sit on our council. And I, Rogar MacLeod, a hero 
of the city of Varadin wish to put his name forward to be on this council. And then I'm going to sit back down and, uh, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm gonna Fuck look is at, he? I'm going to look at Sphere like, have you heard of this guy? No, never. Where is he, Rogar? Varys? Well, I believe he is on this plane. I believe he is somewhere not too far away. Well, his precise whereabouts, unfortunately, I'm unsure at this moment in time. I mean, if we meet him and he, we vet him, I mean, and, and to be fair, he needs to be voted for. It's not, yeah, fair enough. You put a name forward, don't you? Man likes to name things after Varadin. He does. Um, Barrett actually nods at the end of that while Ormond's reading through the uh, journal and goes, the name actually does ring a little bit of a bell. I remember seeing the odd report across my desk with his name on him. Fought valiantly. Um, I must admit I was uncertain what had happened to him, but it's good to know that he is doing well. Um, Oman kind of flicks through the page and goes, well, if this journal is uh, legitimate, which, at least from a cursory glance, I believe it is, the uh, Rogar story checks out. It seems this man was betrayed by a Dr. Nick. seems he was also planning his own revolution. It's interesting. I must admit, I had not come into contact with these people. Seems like they came, they uh, kept themselves quite uh, silent on the whole uh, revolution front. I guess you have to when you're planning insurrection like that. You don't exactly want to shout about it. It is true. We did not start our own uh, propaganda amongst the people until we were pretty secure with moving forward. Um, personally, I see no objections. And uh, Heinrich kind of looks around the table, seeing if anyone else is going to object. No, I mean. Of course, we need to meet him. I mean, yeah, I don't know him from Adam, but if he's all right, if Rogar says he's sound, then I can't see any particular reason why I wouldn't want him in place. But obviously, yeah, I guess we probably do want to actually meet him. Heinrich kind of nods and goes, yes, um, uh, if there are no objections, I'm happy to put him on the ballot for the uh, new council. However, it is important that he is within the city within the week. Obviously, we would like to meet this person. We don't want to just present a name to the people to vote on. He must be able to uh, stand and speak on his own. It will be done. <laughs> so, is there anyone else that we wish to nominate? I mean, I was... I'm just taken up, just a little taken about that the Doom guy isn't here, but if he doesn't want to be on the council... A representative of? Yeah, I mean, I'll talk to him, of course, because... Seems like the other two temples are here, so... At that, uh, Doran kind of completely talks over you and goes, I nominate myself. Of course, course you, you fucking do. do. Sit your ass down. <laughs> Heinrich just sort of, like, bangs his hand on the table. Order, order, um... Feel Can like I unnominate that prick? <laughs> order, please, please, please. Um, I feel like I was clear on this. You can't just nominate yourself. That's not how democracy works. That's how we got into the problem last time. I um, would. I. I mean, yeah. As much as I don't like him, I do feel like perhaps we should have representatives of all the major temples. Yeah, like Lauren, or a representative of in her place if she can't make the meetings. But, but mostly Lauren. Mostly Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid the Archpriestess is busy and will be for the foreseeable future, so I instead graciously nominate Jonas, my personal scribe. God! I 
feel like we should nominate someone with a little bit more authority who isn't brown-nosing you constantly. Well, I'm afraid that's just your opinion. I don't have to sit here and listen to this, you scruffy street urchin. Well, it yeah. sounds sounds like you'll do perfectly well on a council when you don't agree with people if you just say, I don't have to listen to this, and piss off. So go on, piss off, and we'll get someone better for the council. Sophia, <laughs> while the two of them are arguing, you feel a strange heat on your chest. The fuck? I look down. Do I see anything? Yeah, it's your um, symbol of Kalimvor. It's glowing. Ooh. The fuck does that mean? Uh, Rogar, make me a perception check. Ooh. And is this based on sight? Yes. Advantage. 19. You see um, Tommy and Doran are basically almost stood up yelling at each other over the table. Sophia looks down and you see that little scale of Kalimbor, the uh, skeletal hand, is just glowing faintly. And you feel a bit of a cold chill yourself. As you glance around the room, no one else seems to be noticing this, and um, they're more paying attention to the argument. But you look out of the window. Oh, shit. Uh, can I, uh, I guess it's a perception. If I stand up, can I take a perception check out the window? Ah, uh, you can do, sure. Can I an eight? Uh, an eight. Um, Is it because you're backwards to the window and I'm actually facing the window so I can <laughs> stand no up? And... <laughs> <laughs> well, Rogar sort of stands up and walks over to the window and starts trying to look out. You see Heinrich kind of stands up and like is raising his hands like, please, 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 can we not argue? I would like everyone to just make their nominations in peace and obviously we will let the people vote and decide upon this. And uh, Rogar, you're starting to... Can I do the come over here to Sophia? Ah, yeah, you can signal her. But as you're doing so, you look out the window and you don't see a lot. You see, you know, there's guards on the floor looking out over the city. There's citizens walking around. You see the sun high in the sky. You see the second sun high in the sky. I jump up because something's amiss and also look out of the window with advantage. Oh my god, a 12. Second sun. Yeah. Yeah. I just just was like, wait, what? Rogar, you do a double take just as the glass shatters right in your face and uh, roll me a dexterity saving throw. And Sophia, you got up and start walking around as initially what looks like a bolt of light goes straight through Heinrich's back. Oh, shit. Con save. And he fails that con save. Um, 13, Rogar, you take... That's a 15. 15. Ah, Okay, so you would have taken four points of um, slashing damage. You take two. Two. As you jump out of the way as the glass kind of shatters across the room. And... As you push yourself up from the ground, you see a large glowing arrow stuck through Heinrich's back as he's impaled to the table. Shit! Everybody down! Everyone down! Guns out already. My free flourish. As you all start arming yourselves. How high up are we? Uh, You're on like the third floor. So if I jump out the window, it's not a good thing. Uh, I mean, full damage in 5e is not that bad, but uh, it wouldn't be great. Um, I'm going to jump out the window and use the Wonder Featherfall. Okay, so Rogar's leaping straight out the window. As you run to do that and you leap, a voice booms out across the entire city. You hear it as if it's just speaking directly to you, but not like in your mind, like physically there. And you hear, Citizens of Varadin, your deliverance has come. We shall free you 
from the unholy shackles that bind your hearts and minds. Your streets shall be cleansed of the monstrous taint that has befallen you. Those that would corrupt you shall be slain. Rejoice and repent, for today you shall be free in this world or the next. And I'm going to show you a bunch of pictures as you realize that isn't a sun, Rogar, as you're sort of jumping out the window. It's a group of glowing figures, five of them, in fact, flying high above the city. And I'm going to show you some pictures and get them all ready. Fucking die. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, definitely going to grab the minutes off the table where we had um, verbal agreements, at least. Of our new agency. <laughs> Behold your liberators, Abariel, the blood of Torm, Mihir, blood of Lathander, Oroth, blood of Kalemvor, Koretha, blood of Bane, and I am Cassiel, the righteous flame of Tempus. Let's slip the celestial host. And you watch as you're slowly gliding towards the floor, Rogar. Five burning eyes appear over the city, just as you see hunks of rubble get launched over the city walls and begin to crash down upon the populace. And I'm going to show you all some pictures, and that's where we're going to end the episode. Ooh, fuck. <laughs> so... To describe for our listeners so you can all see things. Coretha of Bane is a um, female angelic creature with a large sort of brass looking scythe and black wings with this long black flowing sort of robe underneath her armor. Mihir is a heavily armored angelic creature with a flaming sword. Abariel is a female looking angelic creature with these like large feathery wings and twin swords with this sort of beautiful looking plate armor. Oroth looks a little bit more um, like wearing dark armor and you see this like pale green skin that he has and these four wings that burst out of his back holding this just nasty looking bastard sword. Very um, symbolic of Kalemvor. And Cassiel himself is where most of the light is coming from above the city as he spreads his large angelic wings, and there's almost just a corona of light around him that bathes the city in its glow. Oh, fuck. Yeah, as, as that moment happens, I, I literally grab the deed. Stuff <laughs> <laughs> in your pocket. Uh, yeah, and, 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 the, and the note to say that, te- that, that technically there was nobody who dissented against us having our own agency. And that was- <laughs> 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 Oh. Oh fucking okay. hell, dude! So I mean, you know, very, very, fairly mortal concerns, but that's what Tommy's all about. When, when the world's ending, <laughs> it could be worse. You could have jumped straight out the window to try and fight these fucking things. I mean, yeah, I, I could have done that. <laughs> oh no! But then, but then I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm ducked behind the table with a long rifle scoped on the main dude. Because he's shining like a bolt of lightning, so <laughs> you know he's a pre- pretty obvious target. But I'm thinking I probably don't want to take the shot. What, what? Oh man! He jumped out of a window. 
You did. Of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> and, he's, and he's gradually feather falling, just walking down like, this is not a good idea. <laughs> well, the one last thing that's just uh, important to note, each of the angels has a symbol upon their chest, all of which is the, um, it's a um, golden hand clenched in a gauntlet that you remember as being the symbol of the divine hand. The messenger of which Kren killed in that meeting a while back. Of course he did. So perhaps they think we're still under Kren. Maybe, hopefully. They think we... In, yeah. in, in, in which case we might be able to speak to them, but I suggest we don't send Rogar. <laughs> <laughs> he just noped the fuck out. <laughs> Why wouldn't you send me? Um, the ideal non-human to talk to these yes I'm, I'm 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 sure you will see eye to eye with the angels <laughs> <laughs> well <Damn. laughs> that's that's the way to end an episode right well, that, that is the way to end an episode about a council meeting yeah yes <laughs> you know what i in the back of my mind i always thought something's not gonna go right here <laughs> well you did look out the windows didn't you i did look out the windows just, just in the back of my mind, not as not not as a um, not as a character, but as a player, it was like <laughs> a council meeting sounds a bit too mundane for Cookson. Mm. I wonder what's going to happen. Perhaps something to do with that snake this morning, but no, that feels like it was a red herring at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, fuck it, angels, angels, <laughs> angels. Well, you know, and we we thought the only things that were a threat were the um, noticeably evil stuff. Yeah. Could You're welcome. Good. I mean, I mean, yeah, but it doesn't mean that they don't think that we're evil. That's true. Yeah, angels tend to be very strict. Yep. I mean, hey, you know, maybe maybe you can go and chat to Kalembo, dude. Yeah, maybe. I mean, unless I killed his pet snake. <laughs> Probably did. <laughs> For all I know. Oh, uh, well, that's. That is the way to end an episode, definitely. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that the, un- the only problem with doing a podcast like this is that we're all quiet when you do that, and the thing is you can't see our faces. <laughs> yeah. True, so, we should do a Twitch stream or something. <laughs> yeah, we should maybe sometime. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> may- may- maybe one day we'll, um, we'll get some funds together and we'll do a session in person. Um, mm. you know, on, 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 on now on tablets because I've forgotten how to do D&D in real life. <laughs> I actually have to add stuff up. <laughs> Mathematics. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, thank you for joining us, everyone. I hope you had a good time, at least as good a time as I did. <laughs> if you wish to uh, chat to any of us, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Reason No, and my players are there with their player names and GTMP at the end of it. You can catch us on all major podcast providers, and we have a WordPress website and a Facebook group at Gunpowder Treason No Plot. And I'll just hand you over to my co-host, say their own little goodbyes. As usual, if you've enjoyed hearing my voice as much as I enjoy hearing my own voice, you can find me on the Lost Art of Wrestling and the Lost Art of Podcasting. They're available on all good podcast providers, and you can follow them on Twitter at Lost Art Podcast and at LAOW Podcast. And maybe one day, I'll be in the Red Scar Cafe on Red Scar Business Estate in Preston, Lancashire, the UK. Not during this pandemic.
hopefully we'll be able to look back on these episodes and be like, yeah, do you remember we were on lockdown? You remember the year that didn't exist? Yeah, 2020, what was that about, right? Mm. Hopefully. Uh, and as, if you want to hear more from me, as usual, I'm afraid you can't. But here's something else from Kurt about Tommy. Hey, it's your favorite world-famous rock star, Kurt Van Helsing. So I've been doing some experiments this week, and I've learned a few things about old Tom. So Tommy hates it when he's woken up at three in the morning to squealing ether guitar. Apparently, some people just don't know how to party. Tommy also hates it when you cast Minor Illusion and make the toilet seem to disappear when he's sat on it. In fact, he's a bit of a grumpy guy all round. Guy needs to chill out a little and enjoy life. I thought I could take some weight off his shoulders by casting Levitate on him so he could just float around a little and relax. But apparently I should have warned him first as he was busy fixing his gun and now there are pieces everywhere. But he screamed like a baby, so it was pretty funny for me. Kurt, you are the worst fucking roommate ever. I miss living with fucking Rogar, because at least he may have been in league with the fucking cosmic entity bent on destruction of planes of existence, but at least he didn't disappear the fucking bog under me. <laughs> it oh was dear. still there, you just couldn't see it. Not the fucking point. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Rogar. Oh, dear. Anyway, uh, today... You are going to be killed by a harpy. A harpy combines the body, legs, and wings of a vulture with the torso, arms, and head of a human female. Its sweet song has lured countless adventurers to their deaths. I'm just waiting to chop off Matt's head, so it's fine. Yeah, the best way to do that is to tell me about it. Mm-hmm. Mm. On pod. Yep. So the whole world can hear. Yeah. If I die right now, I mean, that is going to be perfect evidence. <laughs> just throw it out there. <laughs> Unless you somehow do a Carol Baskin and disappear me sometimes. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Just saying. Moving the hell on. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't want no lawsuits. Uh, Well, thank you for joining us, everyone, and we will see you all next week. Goodbye. See you. Bye. Bye. We're going to have such a killer time at the top of this haunted ski resort. I know, Chadwick. There's like no lines for the ski lift, dude. But Top Truck, what about the babes? Oh, bro, you think I forgot about the babes? Two words, Chadwick. Ghost babes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, hold on a minute there, boys. You ain't planning on going up to that old haunted resort now, are you? What if we are, old man? <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't stop yous, but if you must go, you should take this. The hell is this, old man? Well, back in my day, we called it a Microsoft Zoom. We used to listen to a podcast called the Indie Film Review on it. A proud member of the Necrobotacon Network. They were a movie review podcast that critically reviewed independent film while having a little fun in the process. Sounds like dinosaur bullshit, Gramps. I'm gonna push you into a trash can now. Well, butter my biscuits, I never... (laughs) Well, dump truck, now that we've taken out the trash, looks like we've got an appointment 
with some ghost babes. <laughs> Listen to the indie film review for the lowdown on the coolest indie films you probably never heard of. The indie film review. It's not delivery. It's indie film review. Thank you to Sirenscape for some of the music and sound effects that you heard within this podcast. They do amazing atmosphere and music, so make sure to check them out at www.sirenscape.com. Epic games need epic music.